0: What is going on? What is going on? What is going on, everybody? And thank you for tuning in, whether you're watching live or you're watching the replay. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This is episode three of The Get Back. That's right, the best new up-and-coming sports show out there. If I have any audio or if I have any listeners that are watching on Apple are listening on Apple Podcasts, that is, and Spotify. Thank you for tuning into another episode, like I said, of The Get Back. Um, today is a special episode, kind of, because, excuse me, that soda's getting me. This is the first time that I'm bringing on a guest on The Get Back, the first guest on an episode of The Get Back, and he is backstage real quick. I'm gonna bring them on real quick. That is, um, I just want to say two things or a couple of things, and that is, um, if you're not subscribed already, I know my Dallas and um 49ers play-by-play stream. I did, I got a couple of new viewers, so um, I don't know how YouTube works. They kind of put, sometimes they put stuff that you watch, but you're not really subscribed to. They put it on your feed. So just For anybody that isn't um, subscribed, make sure you subscribe. And um, if you want to like the video now, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, And then if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, go ahead and give me a a good review. Um, One of these new subscribers that I had um, was Bobby Powers. What's up, Bobby Powers? Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Miz and Logan were in here early um, what's going on, Miz and Logan? Thank you for tuning in. And Don Vito, thank you. Uh, another new subscriber. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, But without further ado, let's bring on the first guest of Get Back, and that is Nate Talks Football, or Nate from Nate Talks Football. How are you doing, Nate? I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Ash. No problem, no problem. Um, So, yeah, this episode we're going to kind of get into, kind of do a recap Um. Usually, I want to do at least one stream a week, Um or one episode a week, that is. Um, this week, I had a jam-packed schedule. Um, man, that soda's getting me. Sometimes, I do, too. Um, But this week, I had a jam-packed schedule, so I'm only going to be able to fit in one. And I'm also trying to upload a pre-recorded video um if I can. But, yeah, so this week, we're going to recap Wild Card Weekend. Um, give some thoughts on some other topics involving wildcard Weekend, a preview and uh, of Divisional Round, and then I'm going to give my revised and edited mock draft, first ever mock draft uh, on this channel, um, the new and revised mock draft 1.0. So that being said, if you haven't already, like I said, make sure you like and subscribe. Um, but we're going to get into – wild card weekend and we had really a bunch of games that were really not necessarily blowouts but they were um there's Logan popped back in um but not necessarily blowouts but they were one sided um absolutely like the Cincinnati game, Raiders game, that one felt one sided throughout the whole game until the end mm-hmm. uh, the Dallas even though the score was close, the Dallas 49ers game was really one sided um and the rest were blowouts to yeah. be honest. So, um, but yeah, the first topic I do want to get into, and let's see, um, I'll start with I I'll start with the Philly game. I start with the Philly game just because you know they're our rival. Um, Absolutely, I want to talk talk down on them a little bit, so you know But um, uh, what's the Eagles? Gen- Howie Roseman. Mm-hmm right, howie Roseman went out and basically said Jalen Hurts was um confirmed their starter for next year. And you know, some a lot of times through history, you know, some some teams or some general managers say that and it winds up being totally different. Um yeah. but you know, that's neither here or there. But I want to ask you real quick, do you think it's a mistake? for the Eagles to move forward with Hertz or should they look for another quarterback option elsewhere? Maybe um, whether that's drafting one, whether that's, you know, trading for one, signing a free agent. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Well, that is the million dollar question, isn't it? I mean,
1: on Twitter among all fans of the Eagles and other teams, because everyone's been talking about it for quite a while now, that has been the question for, as long as since they've drafted him, really, because that was back when Carson Wentz was still there and people still maybe thought he could be the guy. Uh, so Jalen Hurts, I think the thing that gets misunderstood about him is people people go based off what the media says or based off what they, what they hear about him and maybe don't really think critically. And I think that's a big issue for a lot of people, and that's where a lot of his bad rep comes from. Because let's be honest, I mean, we can call a spade a spade, Jalen Hurts is a bad passer. He is at this moment. He is a bad passer. He is a one-dimensional quarterback, and at the moment, it's tough to say that he's a franchise guy. But at the same time, I think if you're going to say that Jalen Hurts doesn't have potential and Jalen Hurts can't ever eventually become a franchise guy— I think you're just not being objective. You're you're coming at it with an agenda. That's maybe a Giants Dallas Washington fan that's hoping for for Jalen Hurts to not be anything. And I think that's the wrong way to look at it because since he's gone into that offense when Carson Wentz got benched, he has been the only electric part of that team. He has been their life. He has been what has given them energy. He has been the spark for them. So I think we're going to look at Jalen Hurts on the Eagles and you're you're going to look at them with him without him. Those are two entirely different teams. That's a team that's making the playoffs, albeit on an easy schedule, versus a team that's picking in the top five. So I think you're looking at Jalen Hurts, and you're going to ask if he's the franchise guy. Maybe not yet, but a lot of the Eagles quarterbacks of the past, the real great ones, like that's the mold for them a run-first quarterback that develops as a passer as time goes on. So personally, I think it would have been a big mistake if they had moved on from him early, if they had pulled that trigger too soon. I was hoping Howie Roseman would move on this offseason. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Jalen Hurts did just enough to stick around.
0: Yeah, and and I, I'm i not going to lie, I agree with you. Um, and then again, the thing about Howie Roseman, um, I'm not going to say it's for, sure, for certain because, like I said, we did see – a lot of stuff with players in the past, where management and coaching say one thing and it turns out to be another. That's just the beauty of the NFL. But um, my thing about Jalen Hurts is is that, like you said, he is a playmaker. Yeah. But if you shut that, if you shut that aspect of his game down, he's going to really he, he he's, he's going to give gonna your team a win. He's going to give your team a win. I'll say that. Um, we've seen it with the Giants when you know the Giants offense couldn't do nothing off of turnovers and Jalen Hurts just kept on giving turnovers three yeah. three interceptions um if you count the turnover on downs it was four turnovers um but I I'd say definitely you have three first round picks even though in my personal opinion I think they should go defense with two of them but let's you know, you had the uh, bad game from Jalen Rager and JJ Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Actually, I'm getting an urgent call. Hold it down for me, right, real quick. Sure.
1: Uh, what's up, Chad? I'll, I'll talk to you guys real quick bro. while Ash takes this call. Uh, Don Vito says hey. they should move on. He can't throw. Uh. By I'm the way, Ash, right you are right not now. muted, my I'm friend. You 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 gotta mute that for me for me, bro. Uh, oh, my fault. But- But uh, Don Vito says they should move on. He can't throw. Uh, At the moment, he can't throw. I disagree that they should move on. I think it's way too soon. I think he has earned an opportunity for himself as a leader and as a player. Rick Gull says, uh, I need Deshaun Watson, Brian Flores, and Joe Judge on special teams. That is certainly a thought. Uh, Mac, the Giants fan says he's definitely earned an opportunity next year. He does need to become a more consistent passer, especially his deep ball. 100% agree with everything you're saying there. Uh, I think... Jalen Hurts' biggest weakness is clearly just the missed throws. There's some decision-making problems, but honestly, I'm more concerned if I'm an Eagles fan with the accuracy. Uh, throwing a deep ball is one of the most important aspects of a quarterback's job in the modern NFL, as offenses become more aggressive and tend towards field stretching more. So I, I definitely think he has to develop that if he's going to be get the excuse me going to be the guy long term. So uh, Ash, you back here?
0: Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Gotta urgent call that I did need to take. But um yeah, basically about Jalen Hurts, I do think he is he deserves to be the star last year. Um yeah. people could say that, you know, you played or uh, they had schedule. Um and again you play who is on your schedule. So I'm not gonna, you know, hold that against Jalen Hurts or the Eagles. Um but he think I think he, he definitely needs a lot of work and I've been saying that ever since like People brought it up as an option or not like Giants fans, but just NFL fans for other teams brought up as an option to draft him or try to evaluate him as a quarterback. And I was just like, you know, he had he had problems throwing the ball in Alabama, you know, when you had star receivers like Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddle, you know, on your team. Sure. You know, so that's to me. To me, that was something that I was like, you know, I, I can't really I don't really see him as a great passer or a good passer that is and um but with with the Jalen Hurts thing and the Eagles that is I feel like they should spend two two of the first three round picks on two of their f- three first round picks um on defense um but I like I said we don't know what the JJ they might try to go another receiver you know if they if they dare but um it all depends, and I'll say this about the Eagles, it all depends on if you feel like you have your guy. Yeah. There, right? At 15, I think that they have 15, 16, and 19, I believe. I'm yeah. Like 15, 16, and let me look at it right now. Yeah, 15, 16, and 19. Um, and actually, this monster that I was looking at had them selecting Jamison Williams from Alabama at 19. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So let's see how that goes, but I'm not the one to say if you feel like you have your guy, you should not draft him because Jalen Hurts is there. I'm not going to say that. But to me, you have three first-round picks. Go and build it and especially build the team. If you are in a a similar predicament next year, you can just plop a rookie quarterback in and he can be successful. Um, But that's really all that much I had. I mean, none of us really expected the Eagles to really um, go out and beat the Buccaneers. So yeah. uh, we're gonna move on from that, and then the next, the next um topic I have off a of Wild Card weekend was the Cincinnati Bengals, mm. um and basically their Super Bowl chances. Right, mm-hmm. um they look like one of, if not arguably, the best. I'm not gonna say complete offense, but the best passing offense in the league. That you know, I think the own right now. With their with Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase connection. The only team in the playoffs right now that I'll put them behind is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup right now. As a That's team or as a passing offense? As like as a passing offense. Okay. Like that tandem between Joe Burrow and oh, Jamar yeah, Chase. The QB wide receiver combo. I yeah. got you. I got you. Like I I can't really other than
1: those two, like they've been I mean I, I gotta give a shout out to Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, don't
0: I? Yeah. But they, they've been a little bit I, I wanna say off, but they definitely took a step back in, in, in my eyes from last year in their in terms of their connection. Um, but and especially I mean, Joe Burrow put up unbelievable numbers, especially coming off an of injury, and Jamar Chase as a rookie, I think mm-hmm. he broke the rookie record again, right? I I am not sure. I don't know. I know Justin Jefferson broke it, but I don't I don't know if Jamar Chase broke it. But um I'll say this or I ask you this. Do you think the Bengals could potentially make it to the Super Bowl? Well, I think the thing about the
1: AFC this year, and everyone could see it going in and then it surpassed all expectations during the actual regular season. Everyone knew it was gonna be a meat grinder. Everyone knew a lot of really good teams and a lot of really strong competition. So with a lot of these really really talented players in one one sort of field here, it's it's tough to say that any one team doesn't have a shot. The Bengals in a lot of these AFC games could very easily have a route to winning. A lot of it just comes down to who's the better team on any given Sunday. I wouldn't pick them, certainly. I don't they are far from the favorite to me. I think I like the Bills probably the best right now at the moment. Got to ride the hot hand there. And then it's it, I find it tough in any given situation to bet against Patrick Mahomes just because even when the Chiefs are down, they're never out as long as he's on the field. So I think I, I find it difficult to to put them ahead of the Chiefs or Bills right now at the moment. But yeah, they certainly have a chance. I mean, you're talking about it. A lot of it's going to depend on Trey Hendrickson and what what that deal is there but on offense sure the Bengals have yeah. some of the most explosive potential on any given play of any team in the league absolutely
0: they have a dynamic receiving core and Joe Burrow has been on fire and i was one that was thinking that like going into this game i felt like the Bengals offensive line even though they have been they haven't been good they've been you know they've been all right better they've, they've been, been enough they've been a little bit better but Joe Burrow has been the most that quarterback in the league. So I thought this offensive line was going to get exposed by Max Crosby and sure. Yannick Gakway, but they, they held their own. And yeah. Joe Burrow still got the ball out. And even the Bengals secondary did a good job against Hunter Renfro and um and Darren Waller. Was Darren Waller? Yeah, Darren Waller. I think he was yeah, playing. Yeah, Darren was Waller playing. was playing. Yeah. So even me – not even remembering that he was playing just shows the, uh, how good of a job they did against Darren Waller, you know. You know, but yeah. um, I mean, I'll, I'll say this: the
1: Bengals definitely had a solid around. win there. And, and what's up, Kush? Good to see you in chat. I oh, I will man. I will say this: they they had a near death experience in that playoff game. Man, it is mm. tough to look at that game and and come out of it with the same confidence there that you come out with the Bills after their win against Patriots. Yeah. You know? I mean, I I look at the Bengals and I see a team that, yeah, all the the explosiveness and the potential is there, but what's it going to end up looking like over the course of a full 60-minute game? Because if the Raiders hadn't just terribly mismanaged that last drive, there's a very real possibility they're moving on and the Bengals are on the couch at home. So I I think it's it's tough to call. I think a lot of these teams in the NFC have a chance. I wouldn't really count anyone out, but Mm -hmm. they're certainly not the favorites in my book.
0: Yeah, and and let's move on to my my favorite coming out of the AFC right now, and the team I'm really rooting for to win the Super Bowl um, right now, and that's the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, with the Giants, you know a lot. Me and you, uh, we've talked about this a lot, but um, we've talked about Brian Dable as a head coach yeah. and what he could do for this team and this offense, the 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 shit show, the offense that. You know, Joe Judge, Jason Garrett, and Freddie Kitchens has left us. Could you call um, it an offense, or could
1: you just call it 11 people on the field pretending to be an offense?
0: I, I guess that. I could say that as well. But um, we have reports come out about Joe Shane. He mm-hmm. is the leading favorite for the general manager position um, and his number one um, candidate, I guess, or in the candidate he shows the most interest in uh, for a head coach is Brian Dable, right? Um, so and it's, the Bills' offense this past week was just—it was something that in my in my time, like looking back on it and looking at the reports about it and um, the the stats and how they broke, uh, really a I want to say a record, but really made history. It was really something I haven't seen. I don't know about you, but I'm still young. I'm 19 years old. You're seven. <laughs> <17? laughs> yeah, I mean.
1: The fact that I'll be honest, the fact that that happened for the first time in NFL history yep. against a Bill Belichick defense—that feels some kind of wrong, man.
0: Yeah, and 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 like I I could barely believe it because I'm like, there's no way that's the first time. So, yep. and people that don't know what I'm talking about, the Bills offense um, became the first offense in playoff history to uh, go a whole game without. Kicking a field goal, punting a ball, or turning the ball over. The whole game. Scored a touchdown on every single drive. And really, um, there was another stat I forgot. I can't think of it right now. But um, this was against a defense. A a top top, five defense. Yeah, top five defense. And really uh, uh, one of, if not arguably, one of the greatest defensive minds in all of football. Yeah. And Bill Belichick. Um a top five defense, like you said. So with this question, and I was thinking about it, and I've seen some some people you know on the socials kind of I'm not and of course I don't think this way, but they they kind of question Brian Dable's involvement with this offense. And hmm. I want to ask you, do you think that jo is if Brian Dable's getting too much credit for this offense's success? Or is it the product and uh, Josh Allen if sure. is really helping this out? Yeah, um, I think
1: Yeah, I think that's an important question to ask and it's it's a difficult one to answer. A lot of that in terms of who does what and who's responsible for what is something you really only know if you're behind closed doors. But as fans there are certain things we know. And as far as I can tell, what that Bills offense revolves around is Brian Dable is number one a brilliant offensive mind. He's doing great innovative things. He's bringing things from college into the game. He's he's using excellent concepts. He's using his players to the best of their abilities, using strengths, hiding weaknesses, just like any good offensive coach would. But I think it's about Josh Allen allows Brian Dable to do certain things as an offensive coordinator that really he wouldn't be able to do with a lot of other quarterbacks, like 90% of other quarterbacks. And on the flip side of that, Brian Dable is using Josh Allen's incredible talent as a runner and as a passer with his arm talent in a way that Josh Allen wouldn't really have with almost any other offensive coordinator. So I think, I think it goes hand in hand there. I think it's, it's a give and take. And if you're talking about who gets credit for what, it's, it's tough to assign any specific specific points there, but I think they're both
0: equally responsible for the success. This is right here. We're not. We don't have to get into this, but this comment by Rick, I think he deserves to be in timeout for that. But I'm not gonna put him in timeout. But <laughs> um, that is utterly blasphemous. Um, but yeah, with with Brian Dable and 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 just the fact, like I want everybody to to think of just the the fact that this is the first time in NFL history in the playoffs that an offense has done that. Yeah, Brian Dable, or just in general, the offensive coordinator. In that position, has to have kind of a big of a, a role. Oh yeah, in that that doesn't happen right? by accident. Exactly, and if it if it does, then I guess Josh Allen is just the greatest quarterback of all time. He Let's anoint him now. just accomplish the greater feat. But um, yeah, in in the terms about you know Joe uh, uh, Brian Dable. They said the new regime for the Giants. I know most of the people in here are, if not all of the people in here are Giants fans. Um, uh, Jordan Renan said or reported that the John Mara and basically the Giants organization are going to let the new general manager and head coach get full control. Um, And a lot of people were going crazy over that. Uh, He used a term. I forgot what the term was, but it was like a crazy. I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was. Um, but basically they got free, they get free will and full control to do whatever they want. So that shows that one, we're, I think we're heading in the right direction and turning this around. And I feel like it'll be turned around much quicker and shout out to Miz because he's, he put out a video and he basically said that, you know, if you get these Buffalo guys, he's declaring, you know, all NFL teams to watch out for the giants. Mm. And I agree. I feel like, a lot of people are gonna be surprised how quick this turnaround is. I know a lot of people say that you know if you when you fire Joe judge and you bring in a new uh coach that doesn't have any coaching experience, you're gonna have to give him three years. Um I feel like this this turnaround is going to be quicker. Uh, I'm not yeah. gonna say I'm not gonna say we're gonna be in the playoffs next year. But I do believe that, especially with the easy schedule, and if we have – a, if we, first of all, not necessarily blow this team up, but keep keep some of the playmakers, get rid of the dead weight on this team and build and, and form this team into something better with these 10 draft picks, I feel like we will be in playoff contention yeah. um, and be in the hunt this coming year, especially with the seventh seed. And I think – for,
1: for that whole idea with the timetable and how long you give a head coach, general manager, whatever, I think there's an idea that it needs to be a solid amount of years. And I, I, I think that's a little bit of a misunderstanding. I think it's entirely situational. Your expectations for a coach and a general manager, that needs to change depending on what the situation is. It's unfair to, to look at what's going on and before we know absolutely anything say this is going to happen this is going to happen this shouldn't happen whatever we don't have nearly enough information to to determine that right now so mm-hmm. i think i'm looking at brian dable as, as a head coach coming in i'm looking at joe shane as general manager coming in i think it it's all about what ends up happening with the roster well, that's going to decide a lot of the, the idea of the timetable and what we should expect on that front what they decide to do there is going to be massively important for example if they're going to do what a lot of people expect them to do and get a new quarterback in here and get rid of Daniel Jones, that adds time because young quarterbacks need time to develop. Look at Josh Allen. That's right where they're coming from. And you look at the most likely option to replace Daniel Jones, being Malik Willis, that's more of the same. It's going to take time to develop that skill set. I think if you want to have the best result, you have to be able to be patient for it. And that's exactly what Buffalo's done.
0: Yep. And, um, we just have one more topic on the wild card uh, schedule uh, that is, and um, that is well, – let me see what Miz said because he has typed a lot. And I'll add this as Nate, Joe Shen has scouted Malik Willis heavily this entire season. Giants fans know that Malik Willis is a strong possibility maybe drafting him six a year behind Joe. Yeah, and I called that um, – I got I'm gonna go find it because people don't believe me. But I I called that on a put out a tweet. Um and Malik Willis, the type of quarterback that is fits Brian Dable's offense. And he's similar to what Josh Allen was coming out of uh Wyoming, which was a big arm quarterback, playmaking yep. quarterback, but had bad mechanics with his footwork and inaccuracy. And Brian Dable helped Josh Allen get out of it. And mm-hmm. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if Brian David looks at Malik Willis and is like, you know what, I can do a similar thing to Josh Allen that I did with, you know, Malik Willis. And to be honest, let's be real, if you fix this offensive line, let's say you go Evan Neal at 5, and then you you draft an interior offensive lineman or sign a veteran center – excuse me, Mm -hmm. sign a veteran interior offensive lineman in free agency, I feel like the Giants' offense would be better suited – um and, and better talent wise than what the Bills offense was when Josh Allen was brought into the mix. Sure. You know? Um yeah. but oh go ahead. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say, I think that was something
1: that I, I was also saying for a while. I that was my first instinct on the Josh Allen comparison, even way before, way, way, way before we had any thoughts about Brian Dable or Joe Shane. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know who those guys' names were. I, I was looking at Malik Willis, so my first introduction to the guy was the end of last season, when no one knew his name, I saw him because uh, on Twitter, I forget which which film guy it was, posted a clip of Malik Willis on one of those crazy plays he makes showing off the arm talent and the scrambling and the athleticism and the whole nine yards. And I just thought, man, this kid is massively talented. And I think your your comp for Josh Allen is, is spot on because... There's differences in their play style, I grant you. There's certainly differences. They're not clones, you know. There's definitely subtle nuances to their game that's different, but a lot of the positives and a lot of the negatives are the same. Malik Willis and Josh Allen, both incredibly raw prospects, both massive rocket arms And Malik Willis is shorter and faster, but Josh Allen is also an incredible athlete. And then Malik Willis, the inaccuracy problems that I think a lot of his problems, it's not even just the fact that they both have mechanical problems. I think they both have the same mechanical problems or they had the same mechanical problems. Obviously, Josh Allen has been coached extremely well by Ken Dorsey, who is currently the quarterback's coach of the Bills. I'd love if we hire Brian Dable for him to come over and jump up to offensive coordinator. Uh, But with that said... I think Malik Willis definitely has a lot in common there. The difference is Malik Willis is faster. Josh Allen's a good athlete. Malik Willis is a freaky athlete. He has receiver-type speed. And if you're going
0: to look at what Brian All Dable right, does with
1: his offense, it's it's easy to see how he can even maybe take it to the next level. Yeah. So I think Malik Willis definitely makes a lot of sense there.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to say this. Um, and, and, Bobby, you actually came to my mind because I was going to say this. Um. Basically, if we do get Brian Dable, I don't want to lose any subscribers, but it's gonna get really interesting with with some of these off season streams I'm I'm gonna have. And um I got a couple of ideas I wanna bring up uh, I'm gonna say, um, regarding Malik Willis and and, and making a move mm-hmm. to somebody like the Sean Watson. Um, but that's neither here nor there. You have to stay tuned for that. Um where, you know, um, when we announce our GM and head coach but um we're gonna do this last topic of uh and everybody in the chat stay tuned because I'm gonna be previewing my mock draft um but this last thing of the wild card um weekend, it, it was revolving the Arizona cardinals and mm. their coach with click Kingsbury and I saw an interesting stat um there there is on um Twitter or that was brought up I'll pull it up right now. Um, Basically, I've been looked at kind of or some questions have been or eyebrows have been raised to me because I feel like Cliff Kingsbury deserves to be on the hot. I'm not one to call for anybody's job, but I think Cliff Kingsbury deserves to be on the hot seat. And I don't think his job should be as secure as a lot of people think. So. But Cliff Kingsbury, forget the college coach, um, college coaching record. I'm not gonna get into that. But Cliff Kingsbury inherited the 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 Cardinals job in 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, in 2019, he lost seven of his last nine. In 2020, he was a Hail Mary away from losing seven of his last nine, finished six of his last nine. Yeah. In 2021, he lost four. Of his last five, and those losses came to teams um like the Colts are no pushover. Um, granted, the Colts are you know the good team, but it came to teams like the Colts, the Seahawks, um, which was really an off year, a really off year for the Seahawks yeah. and the Detroit Lions. So I think Cliff Kingsbury, not I'm not gonna say he should be out of a job, but he should be scared. He should be worried, kind of like Joe Judge. Um, mm. If I was the Cardinals GM, I would, he should be worried, like how Joe Judge was worried in that 11-minute rant. Um, after, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, sorry, I,
1: I I, shouldn't interrupt you. Oh, no, you're uh, fine. I, I'll say this. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury, and I, I can't talk about worried. I can't talk about hot seat, any of that stuff. I don't think he should be fired now. I mm. think he gets one more year. I think he's reached a point, and credit to them, they're farther than we got they've made the playoffs, they've had a strong team, they've had a strong season, they've been competitive, they've won big games, but now they need to prove that in the playoffs they're going to be able to get it done. I look mm-hmm. at the Bengals, right, and I look at the streak of years where they made the playoffs consistently year in, year out, but even more consistently they lost in the first round. That's not really? good enough. I My big thing is in any decision you make for a football team – it has to be with the idea in your head that you want to win a Lombardi. And for me, with Cliff Kingsbury, it's tough to look at his his resume. And you, you just said the big thing, which is that he just cannot finish the season. Mm-hmm. It's tough to look at that and see playoff failure. And that was not just a failure. That was spontaneous combustion. It's tough to see that
0: and not think that maybe he needs to be moving on. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. Um, I'm not going to say that I feel like they should fire him for then start over with an unproven head coach. I'm not going to say that at all, but I will say they should weigh their options and try to bring in somebody or try to see if anybody is interested in their job. Yeah. um, Like a proven head coach. I doubt Jim Harbaugh would want to come to Arizona because of the market, but try to see what Jim Harbaugh, what his interest is in the Arizona Cardinals, his interest is in, in Kyler Murray. Um, Maybe um, Mike Zimmer or or I'm just throwing out names, Jim Caldwell, you know, yeah. try to see if an a, a experienced coach, if they would be interested or a coach that is actually not from college, a coach that is, has been an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, you know, been in the NFL for some years. Um, like you said, he, Cliff Kingsbury just hasn't been able to get it done and especially finish out a season i don't know if the college season is much more shorter shorter for him but last year it was really a telling year because Kyler murray's they started off the season red hot looked like one of the just like this year looked like one of the best teams if not the best team in the nfc Kyler murray was looking for an mvp earlier in the year and it just fell off they lost the teams they lost to uh, um lost to the rams in the last week of the season, to uh, and they the Rams took them out of the playoffs, um, basically. And it wasn't even with Jared Goff at their starting quarterback, it was with uh, um, I forgot his name, it was somebody they got from uh, I don't know his name, but Jared Goff had like a, a injury with his finger or his hand. Yeah, and, uh, you're talking
1: about Wooford, I think, or Wofford, yeah, every say his name.
0: Yeah, and then this year, I mean, I get it. And in, on Kyler Murray's hand, if you're really struggling that much without your star receiver, like I get it, you your play might get a step, take a step back. But if you're struggling that, if you're that type of caliber of a quarterback that a lot of people hold you to, and you're struggling without your top receiver, and you still have you know a good decent receiving core around you, I don't know, I don't know how to look at you as a quarterback. Right. I get a lot of people comparing some people, some Giants fans were ridiculously, you know, comparing him to Daniel Jones. And I was like, yeah, That's yeah. big." But I'm not going to put you in that top 10 quarterback, um, top 10 quarterback uh, standing that you looked like earlier in the season. I mean, Colin Murray looked like he was about to win the MVP. Yeah, he, he was that, having
1: an MVP caliber start.
0: Just he just looked horrible, especially like I don't know if it's the Rams. Or I don't know what it is. But he just looked out of it. He looked lost. So, um, to me, I don't know. I feel like Cliff Kingsbury should be on the hot seat. Um, that's just me. I don't feel like his job should be secure. Yeah, it's a fair um, opinion. Yeah, and that's and that's you know, not saying he should be fired. Not saying you know all that. But if you look about around coaches around the league, coaches around the league get fired for for much less, and you really have what looks to be a super bowl caliber team in the cardinals and you're constantly losing games throughout the back end of the season to yeah. teams with lesser competition than you right so that's just something i i feel a lot of people should look at and uh i missed some of alex's comments he said um The Cardinals were only good this year, in my opinion, based off trades and free agents. True. Other than Kyler, not much for their draft. Bobby Powers says Cliff's offense is built around one player. True that as well. Um, Alex then says Todd Bowles would be a good fit in Arizona. I feel like he would get a second chance with a better team. Bowles used to be the defensive coordinator before leaving the Jets shot. I forgot about that. And then he clarifies the name. Uh, They lost to John Warford. That was the backup quarterback for yeah. the Cardinals. But we'll leave that there. Um With that being said, it is time to get into the revised – Um my, my camera is just like – it is time to get into the – what the hell? My my camera is like – has a mind of its own. It's like sliding back on me. It is time to get into the new and revised um, – Mock draft, the first ever mock draft that I did. If you didn't see it on episode two, don't worry about it um because I did change some picks. That was just for fun. This is the first official mock draft of the Get Back. Nate, sure. I'm going to pop you out. Um, I'm going to do this and then take some good notes on this because I want you to come back and I want you to give <laughs> me your thoughts. Is, is there the going to be a quiz? Oh, no, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, because a lot of like – Mel Kiper, Todd McShay, uh, they like to give you on ESPN, they'll give you only top 10. Sure. on the get back, I'm giving you the top 15. Maybe I'll expand it to the top 20. Um, but, yeah, so I know a lot of people, you know, there's going to be a different picks. Um, I really feel confident in this one. Um, not going to say this is probably the most accurate mock draft you'll see, but um, in terms of what happened on draft night, but I do feel like
1: – Mind I'm you, this is getting, still very early
0: yeah um exactly like right after um right after NFL season I think the only so far the only picks that are like confirmed right now are picks one through 23 24 yeah because Dallas has 24 and then Eagles at 19 Pittsburgh 20 Patriots 21 Las Vegas 22 Arizona 23 Dallas 24 okay but yeah so I'm gonna actually, this will be a top 16 since the Eagles do have two uh first round picks back to back. So um, we're gonna get that. Nate, I'm gonna pop you out, and we are going to get um this popping. Let me get the bandits. Also, I do have kind of my big board for um some positions, and I will get into that um coming off soon. But without further ado. This is the first-ever mock draft of the get-back, um, and we are going to get into, with the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Jacksonville can go three ways here. Um, they could take BPA, and this will change. You know, We'll see what my thinking is when they get their new coach and get their new regime. Um, they can go need, which is offensive tackle, and they could trade back if they feel like they could get a good, suitable offensive tackle later on in the draft and acquire some new assets. But for now, I have this dude as my first-round pick, uh, as my number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, and that is Evan Neal. Now, like I said, um, I feel like even though you could go BPA, but this is your franchise quarterback. Your organization spent the first overall pick in the draft on him last year. He has shown this year that without any help on this team, he can't really operate how he wants to. I mean, this was a guy that people compared him to Andrew Luck as a prospect, Peyton Manning as a prospect, um, which was, in my my eyes, ridiculous to compare him to Peyton Manning. Um, But they compared him to these greats. They called him one of the best quarterback prospects Of this generation um i feel like and you you still have um caleb on chase on i know he hasn't gone grown into his own as of yet but you know you have a you have a good amount of draft capital we're gonna have a very early second i feel like some some talented edge rushers are going to fall there um and i just feel like you need to build around trevor lawrence this is my big board for the offensive tackle position um but yeah I know some people came in so if you missed it and this is really gonna set off uh my anxiety um with the picture not taking up the full screen but the first pick I have the Cardinals I mean the Jaguars I don't know why I was thinking about the Cardinals but I have the Jaguars taking Evan Neal pick number two this is the Detroit Lions um this is easy. I don't really need to give an explanation. The coach of the Detroit Lions says in his introductory press conference that we're going to bite your kneecaps off, and the perfect player to do that is none other than Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, do I really need to say much about this dude? He's a monster. Um, Really, everything you want, almost everything you want in a edge rusher. Um that is. I saw the Wi-Fi logo get low, so I'm gonna turn off my camera in case I go out. Went back up. So let's see how that is. But um he's really everything you want in an edge rusher, almost everything you want in an edge rusher. Um and he'll be the perfect guy for Dan Campbell to to in his defense to bite the kneecaps off his opponents. Now, the Houston Texans are at pick number three, and this is kind of tricky to me. Um, but Right now, I do feel like just having some fun with this pick, with the Houston Texans at pick number three, not Kayvon Thibodeau. I have them taking Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Now, this dude, Kyle Hamilton, is really everything you would want in a defensive player. He's fast. He's quick. If you want him to cover over the top, he could do that. If you want to put him in the box, he could do that. If you want to cover him in the slot, he could do that. If you want to blitz the quarterback, he can do that. All those things he could do at an extremely good level. He could do all those things at an extremely good level. And I think Houston, I don't, I don't know. There's something about him in Houston. Maybe it was um Maybe I'm getting some shades of Tyron Matthew in Houston, even though his tenure was was short-lived. Um, But I don't know. There's just something about him in Houston I just like. Um, But with the Jets at pick number four, I couldn't let this man fall anymore, and that is Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, I don't know if it's Thibodeau or Thibodeau. I'm not sure. But I'm going to say Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau. He's not no joke. Even though, even though I have Aiden Hutchinson as my number one edge, Kayvon Thibodeau ain't no joke either. I'm gonna just tell y'all this now. Um the Jets, with um their general manager, he likes just like our former, the New York Giants, former general manager, he likes the the, the guys in the trenches. And I feel like Douglas. Is going to actually work towards that. You see him take. Um, two years ago, you seen him take I, his name always escapes me. Um, or last year, last draft, no, two drafts ago. <laughs> um, you seen him take the dude. uh, the the big offensive tackle. Oh, I forgot his name. If anybody knows, type it in the chat. Um, but you seen him take him, and I feel like they could wait for. Or maybe address their other needs. They have two first-round picks: one here and one at ten. Um, no, not Quentin Williams, the offensive tackle. Um, that I was talking about. I forgot his name. But let's get this out the way. Pick number five: Makai Becton. Thank you, thank you. Um, but let's get this out of the way. Our New York Giants at pick number five. This position right here is going to be something. I'm just spoiler alert for future mock drafts that I do. This is going to be something, the position here, is going to be something that I do not change at all through any mock draft, and that is the offensive tackle position. I know some of you kind of already have an idea who it is, and let me just give it up. Bullseye, Akeem tackle out of North Carolina State. He is my number two rated offensive tackle in the draft. And like I said, the Giants offensive line has been bad for years. They haven't got it outside of Andrew Thomas. I mean, since Eric Flowers, it was like they were scared of drafting offensive linemen in the first round, and they finally did with Andrew Thomas. But then we got a leaked report um, coming out that Jason Garrett had to scream, basically had to yell for the Giants to take Andrew Thomas. So what does that really say? I know he's gone, but, you know, um, what does that say about the organization and their offensive line woes as of late? So I think the Giants need to finally get it right. You bring in this new regime and everybody around the league. You saw the Colin and Kyle report or his video um, on the volume that he has, his new channel. People around the league notice the Giants' woes at offensive line, caused them really a bunch of backups with Andrew Thomas, the whole offensive line unit, that is. Um, They know it's historically bad. Um, And where are we at? Oh, pick number six. Um, With the Carolina Panthers, this – I feel like the Carolina Panthers are going to be bullied into taking this position at pick number six and – Really, in my opinion, I feel like they have no choice. You brought in Sam Darnold. Uh, you traded for Sam Darnold. He was he was a failure for you. Uh, you try to, you know, make the fans happy and bring it back Cam Newton. He had one good game and then it was over for him. Um, okay. Nate wants to keep it a top ten. We will keep it a top ten. Um, and yeah, so you brought in Cam Newton to try to get the fans happy. That didn't work out. He only had one good game. PJ Walker. You brought him from the uh AAF. Yeah. Um, yeah, you give you giving uh you brought him from the I I forgot what football. I think it was the AAF, the double AF or something like that. American Allegiant American football or something like that. But he didn't work out. So and we have reports that Matt Rule, you know, studied this prospect and it, you know it's, it's very simple. Um he Matt Rule scouted this dude, I believe back in college or recruited, that's the word. And that's going to be Kenny Pickett. Um Kenny Pickett, he's my number one quarterback in this draft, I believe. Um and a lot a lot, a lot of people believe that as well. Um, he's the most NFL ready, um, complete NFL ready quarterback in this draft, I believe. Um, let's move it on quickly to pick number seven, and that's the New York Giants. And this pick is gonna change. This is the pick that's gonna change from time to time. Um pick number seven, basically, me and Nate, you know, Nate's backstage, we talked about this a lot. Um, basically on what the new regime, what their philosophies are. Um, But for right now, since I don't know who the new GM is going to be. I don't know who the new coach is going to be. We're going to keep it simple, and we're going to fix this line, and that's going to get to make everybody happy, Tyler Linderbaum, right? I mean, people comparing to Quentin Nelson. He's the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. He's nasty. He's witty. He's gritty. You have three now. If the Giants do this, you will have three pillars in the offensive line, and your offensive line goes from one of the worst, if not the worst, to one of the best units in the draft. Um, now, like I said, this pick, spoiler alert, this pick will change from time to time. But let's move on. Pick number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. They might make a move for quarterback. I don't know if they want to do it with this draft. So I'm gonna have him taking George Karloftis, the edge out of Purdue. He is my number three rated edge this year. Um, I mean, not much really to say. You know, Atlanta has a huge need on um, on the front seven. That is, and I had a couple of other um, couple of other uh, suggestions here, but I think they go BPA here, and that is George Karloftis. And with pick number nine. It is the Denver Broncos. Listen, my prediction is that I feel like John l will fall in love with this quarterback. And that is Sam Howell out of UNC. He is my number three rated quarterback. Or no, my number four rated quarterback in the draft. Matt Corral is my number three. But with Matt Corral's injury, I have him dropping. So I have Sam Howell going to the Broncos. Um, with the number ninth pick, I think they had that pick last year, as well. But with the New York Jets rounding it out, pick number ten. This is Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley feels a huge need for them in the secondary. Even though Marcus May is a, is a safety, um, he is their best defensive back, and they're gonna have a huge need in the secondary. Um, I know Douglas might want to go offensive line here. But I do feel like they have a greater need at uh in the secondary. Um, Nate, I'm gonna bring you on. I know you suggested that we are going, you know, do a top ten, but this is my show. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm a I'm gonna do top fifteen. Um, just because I added all these pictures and they would go to waste. Okay. Um, so, I do appreciate the suggestion. But pick number eleven, and I'm gonna keep these explanations really really short. Pick number eleven. This is going to make some Giants fans upset, but this is the type of risk you're you're taking when you pass up on somebody like this. Washington football team pick number 11, Malik Willis. I feel like Washington's going to be in the quarterback market just like they were last year, and rather going the free agent route, I feel like they try to, you know, make make it try to do something different. Um, and they get Malik Willis here. Now, with pick number 12, I say pick number eleven again. Pick number twelve. I had them going corner, but then I changed it. At a corner in the episode two of the get back, I changed it. I have Minnesota going. N'Kobe Dean here. Um, you know they they're losing a lot of people on that defensive on that defensive, and I feel like they're going to need a cornerstone with that defense. And I feel like Nicobe Dean is going to be. Um, that pillar for them in the defense and with pick number 13 i feel like this is without a doubt the most accurate pick that will be made that will predict throughout the draft that's the cleveland browns at pick number 13 and i have them taking garrett wilson the receiver out of ohio state um i feel i feel the number one receiver out of ohio state that is um and also i feel like I feel like I'll just trim this part out and make it his own video as a mock draft, to be honest. I think I'll do that. Um, But we're going to round it out with these last three picks, I believe Baltimore, Philadelphia, or yeah, Baltimore, Philadelphia, and Philadelphia. Now, I feel like this pick is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, Baltimore, and that's Jordan Davis. Listen. Baltimore does this. Nobody's running on Baltimore for years. I'm going to just say that right now. This dude is a monster. He's a freak. And I mean, dude, I mean, he's a Skywalker. He's a giant. What what's more can I say? Um, and then the Eagles rounded off with the two top picks. I mean, the two next picks on um, pick 15 and pick 17. Like I predicted, they're both going to be defense, but a lot of people aren't going to like this. Um, or Giants fans aren't going to like this. Pick 15, I have them taking David Ajabo. Pick 16, I have them taking Devin Lloyd. I know, just nasty. Um, Going to make us hate them even more for the next couple of years. But that was Mock Draft 1.0, then revised and final Mock Draft 1.0 um, by me, yours truly, Ashton Griffith. Uh, Nate, what do you think about some of these picks? And if you want me to you know, go back and review over them, I can.
1: Well, I mean, a lot to address there. Uh, obviously, 15 picks, lots lot to talk about. Um, I think it's, it's difficult to evaluate a mock draft this early on. There's so much mm-hmm. to learn. Combine hasn't happened yet. The rumor mill has not even started. Free agency is a big thing that's going to happen. There's trades that are going to happen. We don't know who... A quarter of the general managers in the league and head coaches are, so uh, I, I think it's it's tough to say any mock draft is good or bad, but I will say I think Evan Neal number one is certainly an interesting proposition. Uh, I I definitely wouldn't dismiss it outright, but it's it's definitely interesting. It, it's it brings into question how those two edge players are going to work out there, and it, it'll it'll be interesting to watch on draft night. For me, I think. The argument that a lot of Giants fans are gonna have is gonna revolve with those two picks entirely around what ends up happening with their um, with their general manager head coach search. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think a lot of this is gonna change. A lot of it is gonna vary. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to call this early on. And I think it's gonna be something we revisit later on, but certainly something we can talk more about in its own video. I think you're giving great analysis as to your reasoning for these picks. Uh, it's, it's pretty clear that you, you've you've done your research here and you know why you're yeah. making these picks. So mm-hmm. I think definitely that's something we, we should devote a video to or, or you should devote a video to and, and we can talk about it then. Uh, I think just from now, it's, it's a start that is important to make. Obviously, there always has to be a 1.0 for every series of mock drafts. And yeah, yeah it, it's a strong, solid first mock. Yeah, thank
0: you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, and in terms, yeah, I was thinking about making it a video, um, but I was just like, you know, it, it'll just be easier, you know, if I do it as a stream. And maybe I'll, you know, I'll kind of take a clip out of this whole stream in the mock draft portion and put it out on YouTube as a video. Um, that is, or maybe I'll kind of reevaluate it kind of a little bit more. But I do appreciate the feedback. Um, with that being said, that's just a quick little segment I wanted to do, and then we're gonna round off this stream. Usually, I, I take the streams about an hour and then I open them up. Uh, you, you don't have to stay for that portion, but I do open them up to call ins if anybody wants to. Um, but we're gonna go with the uh divisional playoff preview, like I stated, and uh, we're just gonna predict do a little short segment, just gonna predict our winners. Um, I feel like this is going to be a tough time with predictions uh, than last week because a, a lot of games last week were um, – they were one-sided, even in terms of the predictions. The only two games that weren't – in terms of, like, my predictions that weren't really one-sided um, was the 49ers-Dallas game. And I kind of – I moved away from the mic, so he wasn't going to hear me. But the 49ers-Dallas game and the Cincinnati Bengals game um, – and I finished wildcard weekend 5-1 and one, uh, with a one loss to the I predicted Dallas to win. Well, I got it wrong. San Francisco proved me wrong. So let's get this real quick. Even though in my terms, it's 6-0 because Dallas lost, and that's a win for me. But, and anybody wondering, I will try to call some of these games. Um, I called the 49ers game that 49ers-Dallas game this past weekend. I'm going to make an effort to try to call one game. I know I definitely want to call the 6-30 game on Sunday between the Bills and the Chiefs. That will be definite. But um, I'm not sure if I want to call both of the Sunday games or kind of do the Bills game and then do uh, one of the games on Saturday. Um, But definitely Sunday – catches your eye a little bit more because those are the better matchups to be honest. But let's start off for Saturday with the Bengals visiting Tennessee. The number one scene in Tennessee Titans. Um this this is looking to be a good game. I think Derrick Henry's gonna be making a comeback this game. How do you feel about this one? I
1: mean it is gonna depend entirely on Derrick Henry as far as I can tell. I mean the the, the Titans offense is so well built for him and they've done a great job of keeping on without King Henry in town that's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. I think it's going to be probably closer than Niners-Packers, but we, we will see there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead, um, even though I would love to see the Bengals win. I'm going to have the Titans taking this one. Um, they The Bengals did look kind of rocky in the, the, the second half. They didn't really get the running game going as much as they wanted to. They did run the ball a lot, but they didn't get it going like that. And um, I think Derrick Henry, if he coming back as King Henry, like he was this season, it's going to be tough for that Bengals defense. So I'm going to take the Titans here. Moving on to the Packers, the night game of Saturday, Saturday night game, the Packers and the 49ers um, in Green Bay. This is going to be a good one. And a lot of people think the 49ers or Aaron Rodgers kryptonite. Um, Hmm. But you could give your pick for this one. And similarly, I'll give my pick after. I mean, I'm
1: picking the Packers. I, I can't yep. not here. I think the Niners, it's going to be interesting what happens with Jimmy G and their quarterback situation because people are now rumored that he might not even be able to play. His injuries are going to be too bad. Uh, wow. How about a Trey Lance trial by fire if that's the case? So for yeah. me, I'm going to pick the Packers. It should be at least an interesting game, even if it's not a close game.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'll be a, a little bit interesting. Uh, definitely don't think it's going to be a blowout, um, but – I do think it will be. I, I'm gonna take the Packers on this one, um, yeah. and then for the Sunday games, we're gonna have the Buck or the Rams visiting the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Um, I'll go first. Um, basically, I'm gonna have the Rams winning this one, um, and, and this is no knock against the Buccaneers or Brady, but the Eagles' defensive line, their defense, sacked Brady a lot, and that's the one thing that the Eagles did successfully. This past game, they got after Brady and, um, you know, this offensive line. They got two injuries to the offensive line. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be huge question marks with uh, Tristan Wirfs and the other, I think he was the Ryan center, Jensen. Ryan Jensen. Um, so they're going to have injuries on that offensive line and especially against Aaron Donald and, and Von Miller. Um, the Rams look hun- hungry this year. Odell looks like he's come back with a vengeance from having his that horrible playoff performance, um, his last playoff performance, and before this year, his only playoff performance. Um, he's looking like he's coming back hungry. He wants a ring. The Rams want a ring. Matt Stafford is looking like the Rams didn't waste all those draft capital for no reason. Um, he's looking like they made a right decision. So I'm going to take the Rams. Uh, how about you?
1: Well, I think I, I like your reasoning for taking the Rams. I do think it's it's super important uh, that Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs could both potentially be missing this game. That's huge. Those are two really high high quality offensive linemen, and I mean Bruce Arians said it himself: as long as the offensive line's healthy, we're going to put up points. Well, now the offensive line's not healthy, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. I am still going to pick the Buccaneers just because. Of of the simple reason I can never pick against Brady, I can't do it. I I cannot do it.
0: Yeah, I mean if if I picked against Brady last year, um, yeah, that Packers. didn't work out so well. <laughs> didn't work out. Um, I know I'm going against the grain a little bit this year, but I have confidence that the Rams look like they'll get it done. And if the Rams, I hope so, man. If the Rams don't, then I I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about them because they have a yeah. bunch. Of, they just built that team of free agents and and, and, yep. and they wasted a lot of draft capital and they're, like, really dominant. Um, but the last game of the divisional round, and this is going to be the last team that's going to the AFC championship game to fill out that uh, other seed. Um, this is – or not the, the other spot in the championship game, and that's going to be, in my opinion, the game, and in most people's opinion, the game of the week. Yeah, uh, we get it. That's going to be the Bills visiting the Chiefs and mm-hmm. this is going to be something the last time they faced the Bills um really I want to say exposed but they took care of of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs um I think was it in Arrowhead? I'm not sure. But um I got the Bills winning this one. That's that's my pick to be honest for the Super Bowl. And I feel like just like the Giants, it, it'll just be a Giants thing for the Bills to go away and win the Super Bowl. You got to wait, wait to uh, bring in Joe, uh, Brian Dable, you know, for the head coach if the Giants didn't want to do that. But I'm gonna take the Bills in this one. I think Kansas City, uh, if they have a similar outing to what they did last week against the Steelers, starting off slow, it might get ugly for them. Yeah. Um, with this high-powered offense for the Bills, uh, let me get your take on this.
1: Yeah, I think it's certainly going to be a shootout. It could be a lot of fun to watch. I also have a really difficult time picking against Patrick Mahomes, but I will take the Bills here. Uh, I, think, I think I'm think i going to ride the hot hand. I think mm-hmm. coming off that dominant win, the Bills are gassed up. They're feeling good. They're ready to go. And Josh Allen has looked like a man on a
0: mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like I said, like it, the bills look hungry, and I actually I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not gonna give my Super Bowl picks till next week, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the two blue teams in the Super Bowl with the bills and the Rams, um, and that will be a great matchup, but, um, yeah, so on my terms or my predictions, like I said, I'm five and one, hopefully. Uh, with four games that'll add up to nine and one so far. Um, and then I have, based off my predictions, I have the Titans and the Bills in the playoffs, and the uh, rematch of the, the the game last year, um, not last year, a couple months ago, where the Titans upset the Bills. Um, and then in the NFC, the Packers and the Rams for Nate. Uh, it would be the Packers, a rematch of the NFC Championship game last year with the Packers and Buccaneers. We will see. But with that being said, let me stop sharing the screen. Thank you for joining me, Nate. I absolutely really, really appreciate it. You are honored on the get back. Uh, you're the first guest I have on, on this new rebranded channel. So I want to say I appreciate you for coming on. Um, it looks like there's not that many people. I mean, if anybody wants to call in, And if you want to head out, if you if you don't have the time, but if anybody wants to call in, I'll put the link in there. Um, But I do want to say, Nick, thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. This was a great stream. Sure. Yeah. Um, But if anyone wants to call in, I'll give you about 20 seconds to call in. And then if not, I will shut down the stream and conclude episode three of the get back Um, And this like I said, if anybody wants to listen to this, you know, Apple podcast or the audio while you're driving, I know YouTube has that weird thing where, you know, if you exit out of YouTube, it like stops the video. So if you want to the audio, check out the get back on Apple podcast and Spotify. Um, that being said, it's going to be like a minute, a, couple, a minute of awkwardness silence. Uh, Nate, if you want to plug anything, I know you haven't been doing anything on your channel in a while, but if you do want to plug anything could go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh I've got a podcast coming out uh with big Pat Sports Talk and Classify with Joel. Uh we are doing it every Thursday recording and posting on Friday for premieres. And uh it is called The Pick is in and we are going over draft coverage.
0: Mm -hmm. all right make sure you guys check that out um with Nate. Uh he he and I when I went to get the link for your channel uh, I yeah. did watch like one of your videos. You you really did have some good videos. You had a big following as well. I, um, I I did pretty good. I just
1: I just haven't been able to keep up with
0: it. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, it looks like nobody uh, right now dropped down to two people. So it looks like nobody is in the chat right now that wants to call in. But with that being said, again, Nate, thank you for coming on. Sure. I'm gonna pop you out. Um, well, no, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep you on. Um. <laughs> But uh, thank you, everybody, if you're watching this on a replay or you're listening to this live, make sure to like the stream and uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed already and ring the notification bell so that you can know when I do go live. I'll be doing this every week. Um, With that being said, thank you for tuning in another episode of The Get Back with Ashton Griffith. Um, I'm your host, Ashton, and peace.